0: The Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Welcome back, adventurers. This is the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom Robots, and I'm here as usual with my wonderful co-host, the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-conquesting, all the achievements breaking lotus of doom what's up buddy how you doing I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, if you're new to the show, this is the podcast where we dig into all sorts of different bits of lore throughout the Elder Scrolls games. And lately we've been working our way through the strangest bits of lore, either because they're strange in the games or because the community out there is bringing to us and to the games their own strange takes on the lore. And I think, Lotus, I think this one kind of works for both. <laughs> And, and
2: yeah, this one's definitely going to kind of cover the weird and wacky, but also totally a normal thing that you would kind of cover on a lore cast because it's pretty serious. Like, well, yeah. serious, quote unquote, like it's it's pretty canon. It's pretty standard. It actually outlines the st- Oh, boy, this is going to get
0: weird in this way. Uh-huh. It outlines the story and or not. Of several of the games. <laughs> <laughs> the story and okay, so what are we talking about? We're talking about dragon breaks, friends. Dragon breaks, the the day that the dragon broke. The the moments in the game where multiple things do or do not happen all at the same time, and then somehow time stops and also doesn't at the same time. These are the moments that you hear about in the games where all of the events for say the ending of a game or a past time period that was super crucial, are said to have occurred and not occurred simultaneously. And it makes absolutely no sense to our <laughs> temporal brains that only work in one timeline, in one direction at a time. And yet somehow all of this stuff crams in there together and creates this mass of just inconsistencies. These are Dragon Breaks, and Lotus uh, Lotus and I talk about these a lot. They come up a lot in the lore because they create these inconsistencies. They create these different variations on the way that things played out multiple ways different times. And there isn't even a consistent list of what are actual dragon breaks and which ones are maybe dragon breaks or which ones are just misrememberings of events. So there's a lot to cover here. So we might in doing some research for this episode, we might have to break this into two episodes and just like a dragon break, it's kind of hard to figure out where we should begin talking and where we should divide up the conversation. So we're just going to Lotus. I think we're just going to have to throw some stuff up against the wall, but I think we should begin Like we do in many of our regular episodes with some of the official information and we're going to go to the source or at least to the best uh consolidated reference for the source the uesp and i'm going to pull just some references here and we're going to start with that how does that sound that sounds like a great place to start because this (laughs) topic is going to get
2: complicated even uh, it's just going to get complicated it's fine
0: yeah, so we're going to start there. We're going to start with the most concrete bits that we can. And then we're just going to go from there because there's uh, we're just who's going to who's who's to know where this is ever going to end up. Only the Elder Scrolls know. And even they don't know sometimes, but they do know. But they don't Right, Hermeus Mora might not even know. We, well, it depends if he's in the
2: middle of a dragon break when he gets knowledge on something, to be fair. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. This is I before we get started one of the things I I actually really like this being in the lore because it gives you a way of kind of there, I mean, for their writers, it's definitely the ultimate MacGuffin of, uh oh, how do we retcon something we need to change or a new writing direction we want, but it, it contradicts something else. It's a pretty good MacGuffin to be like, eh, all right, we're going to just dig ourselves out of here with the dragon break. But they also don't abuse it to the point of anytime anything's weird, they're just like, oh, dragon break again. Like, yeah. you could, you could tire this out very quickly and then just like nothing matters. But, in terms of making these games kind of your own feeling, because you're the one who plays through them. The idea of a dragon break is just really neat. And I'll get into it after we go through like the actual stuff here, Mm -hmm. but I love how it gives you the ability to kind of explain why you see things the way you see things. And it's so open-ended even in the series where in some situations, multiple endings well how do you choose a multiple ending game well generally you you have to canonize one of the endings having this exist literally canonizes the fact that you don't you didn't all need the same ending to get to the next game like all of them could theoretically be true and untrue right really creative for for a a way of writing that's just kind of like yep your choices do matter even if in some cases they kind of don't matter we gave a reason why you get to still say you did what you did even if we're not going with that right right
0: and they don't overly use it either which no, is, is no I'm nice. glad they don't <laughs> yes yeah this would be this could easily be kind of you know, like fragile shark uh, shark in chat says like they could easily just mash this button all the time and just say oh another dragon break up oh, another dragon break no this yeah. is something that's rare and, and the dragon break is a reference to akatosh you know the time god the time adra the the lord of the dragons that, that kind of thing the, mm-hmm. dragon, the dragon god of time um and because this is he's such a powerful being the dragon doesn't break very often there has to be something very substantial happening for this to occur but let's let's get into some of the nitty-gritty here this is what the uesp says in the article about dragon breaks a dragon break is a phenomenon where linear time is broken and becomes non-linear let that sink in for a moment let's just talk a little bit about physics right in 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 our in our (laughs) world this is just briefly in our world we exist in four dimensions right three of which like left right forward back up down we can move in two directions each right Left and right, forward and back, up and down. We can move left and right, forward, back, up and down. In the fourth dimension, time, we are constantly moving in one direction, forward in time, at a constant rate, as far as we can tell. When, when time breaks, it is nonlinear. That means no directionality anymore. It's yep. it's broken none of that happens anymore and you cannot imagine this because we as human beings have never experienced it and if we have we wouldn't remember it anyway <laughs> also time doesn't work like that in reality <laughs> yeah as far as we know and here's the thing think about think about reality if 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 somebody outside of time was constantly hitting a stop and start button on the time right. switch we would never be able to tell nope Nope. Because as far as we would know, we would be paused and then we'd be moving in and paused and moving again. But we're not outside of that frame to know that that's happening. So that could be be happening all the time. We would never know that we'd be pausing. Right. So even if this were to happen, we wouldn't know it. So it goes on and says the dragon refers to Akatosh, the dragon god of time. The dragon break not only precedes significant changes in Tamriel, but challenges mortal comprehension. It is a, like I was mentioning, it challenges our concept of what we could even understand. It is a realignment of time and space in response to an event which takes the normal continuity of reality, which makes the normal continuity of reality impossible. So pausing again, just like during a Dragon Break, imagine you were just say, you were just to put a pause on everything. Just like, um, imagine you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, right? and you have the entire tabletop of the entire world in front of you. You've got all the little figurines at every location that they're currently in, all the little battles, all the little people moving around, and that's Tamriel for everybody, the entire globe, and not, not just Tamriel, the continents, NERN itself, all in front of you. And all of a sudden you were just pause it. And then you were to just pick up all of those pieces, and not only could you move them forward and backwards in time, but you could also move them forward and backwards in position anywhere you want multiple times over and hit the play button and then stop it and then move everything around multiple times over and hit the play button and stop it and move them around multiple times over play button and stop it that's what a dragon break is like yeah yeah that's that's pretty pretty much that's a really good kind of (sighs) or another analogy would be imagine you're playing skyrim and you sa- you're, you're saving the game. You save the game, you save the game, you save the game. And then you take one save game state and you load up um, like admin mode and you go into the code and you reposition all the NPCs exactly where you want them and you even change what time it is in the game and then you hit play. And then you save it again and then you reposition all the ad- all the NPCs in the game and change the time of the game and you hit play again. And then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and you mess and you mix everything up and then you save state all of that stuff and somehow combine the save states of all of those things into a final somehow final save file that remembers all the events of everything that previously happened, but then rectifies the a single location for everybody in some sort of final location that everybody can then move on from. And you hit go. So it's like this person ate a block of cheese and also killed this person and also fell asleep and also saved, you know, some buddy from Bandit on the Road all at the same time on the same day at the same moment. Right. And and it's funny just because I always love viewing the idea
2: of the games like that uh, in like a weird... The games themselves are kind of like very fourth wall breaking when you you get to some of this um which i always think is kind of neat because it's like theoretically your game and your experience through it is clearly not the same as mine like most likely we played our games at least somewhat differently i would guess massively differently as i'm kind of a psycho when i play these games um and a lot of people like (laughs) stealth archers and stuff like that and i love you know face cleaving so it's it's You know, two different paths we do. okay. did you join the fighters guild? Did you kill so and so? Did a dragon arbitrarily like swoop by the city and burn some people that weren't quest specific and they died at the same time? Both of these things are independent to our stories. So they're both happening and canon for us. Mm hmm. But at the same time, they're different from each other, even though it's the same depiction of these events. So I love the fact that the games themselves are almost like a form of a Dragon Break. So it's it's right. weird that the story itself kind of ties into like you playing the game. I've just thought that's like a neat
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. Those people both were killed by a dragon that attacked their town and weren't at the same time. Your Dovakin got every achievement in the game and mine was just a really good stealth archer. <laughs> at the same time yeah so it goes on and says the chaos which ensues is a refrain from the chaos of the dawn era so before there was time the area that is noticeably affected and the length of that interval measured in the areas not apparently affected very varies with each dragon break so the, the zone of effect can actually be very limited in scope or entirely, extremely large. Historically, the cause is often attributed to mortals manipulating divine matters. So often this has something to do with mortals tinkering powers beyond their control. Does that all make sense? are we are we in the clear here because I was say we all on the same page <laughs> we're on the same page i i feel
2: like this is you know i feel like this is good so far this is condensed <laughs> for
0: being insane weird. i think super weird, <laughs> so, weird. Right. yes yeah okay so now there are only three actual known confirmed lore confirmed in the games actually confirmed Dragon Breaks. Anything else is speculation, and that doesn't mean that they aren't Dragon Breaks. It just means that they are more speculative. There's the Middle Dawn, and then what the UESP calls the Rubble Butt, (laughs) B-U-T-T-E, and then the Brass God. Of course, the brass god refers to the Numidian. So the Middle Dawn is the period in the First Era, which is thought to have spanned about 1,080 years-ish, between the 13th and the 23rd centuries of the First Era. This has to do with... um, uh, well, here, let me just read the article for you. It says a sect of the Alessian order, the Maricotti Selective, is said to have caused the longest known dragon break known as the Middle Dawn or colloquially colloquially as the dragon break. This was the original one and is the largest, which is thought to have spanned one thousand and eighty years from the 13th to the, to the 23rd century in the first era. Now, can you imagine losing a thousand years to the chaos of what a dragon break actually is (laughs) that sounds insane i yeah that that's uh that's a lot of strands of time all going all over the place right now get this the cause of this was by attempting to exercise elements of the elven ariel or ariel from the imperial akatosh and you have to go back to our talks about the divines, Ariel being more of the Elven perspective and and the connection to the Elvish pantheon and Akatosh being more of the imperial understanding. And this goes into all of these different concepts of like were these two individually different deities? Were they merged together as one? Was there some sort of actual connection between the two? How did this how did this really work? This goes on and says the Sigic lore master Solaris claimed that misuse of the staff of towers and the staff of towers was a very powerful staff that had different sections that were related to each of the towers that we've talked about before on, on one of the previous episodes pretty recently uh, across um, Tamriel uh, played a part in bringing about the dragon break. Although he did not specify by whom, according to Cel uh, I want to just call him celery. Dragon Break could be created by the impossibly dense Arabic gyre, formed by the coalescence of the staff's power. This is the only Dragon Break that is a universally known event, though some civilizations claim to have been protected from it. Um, Namoli, the blue star, a Magna Gi, associated with untime events, grew bright enough during this Dragon Break to be seen in the daytime sky. Yet in later eras, the occurrence of this event became disputed, most notably by the scholar Faldrun. He posted that no cosmic disruption took place at all, and that the Dragon Break story was concocted in the early third era to explain inconsistencies in the encyclopedia T- uh, Tamrielica. <laughs> I love that that is an encyclopedia in Tamrielica. I know, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he cites scholarly inertia, obsession with eschatology, and fanatical Numidianism. In order to explain the perpetuation of the error, so just like in our own world, once you get several hundred or a thousand years past a certain event, scholars start to wonder, like, was this actually reported on correctly? Is this accurate or were people of that time period talking about something that was real or were they just trying to be figurative about the events or were they amplifying events beyond actual fact? There's a lot of speculation as to what was this actually going on. One of the things that's also interesting about this is that the time period of the first era is significantly longer than the second, the third, the fourth eras of the world. So was was that really a thousand years? Was there a Dragon Break that lasted a thousand years or was that just blown out of proportion, right? Yeah. Was it actually a decade? (laughs) Right. Right. Did it feel like a thousand years? and this was a figurative thing, right? So... It seems like this is one of those things that everybody knows about. There's, there's reference to the Staff of Towers. The Staff of Towers seems to be a pretty real thing. It's something having to do with the Citric Order. In ESO, there are uh, quests where you actually go, have to deal with the Staff of Towers. This does come back around again in the lore. Uh, we could do a whole episode about the Staff of Towers. is actually a very cool thing. I've considered doing that. We should probably put that on the list of things to check off in the future. Um, yeah. What do you think about this one, Lotus? um <clears throat> this one's far enough back where
2: in-game recorded history is you know more open type of thing and things like you know you have the alessian rebellion and all these things they even in terms of the unreliable narrator with the, which this series uses quite a bit they seem like this is the early times for um, Note taking, I guess, would be a good way to put it. So, I like the way that this is almost shrouded in, like a, as we were just talking about. Are these things blown out of proportion, or is this something that, again, actually happened? But over thousands of years of separation between these, that much time passes. Recorded history gets a little dicey. So, I I like the fact that at least with dragon breaks in this situation, it makes it so that they um, seem just as probable as improbable when you're, when you're discussing it from, from like a, um, uh, I don't know, like from a scholarly standpoint in game. Mm, right. Um, so a good kickstart to it. Um, Overall, um, it's, it's farther back in in the timeline. So things, like I said, are, are a little less concrete since you're not playing a game in that era at any point. So. it The fact that it kind of just lays the groundwork for something that will happen and we'll get into kind of the reason it seems like Dragon Breaks narratively were created because there seems like kind of a concrete reason out of lore why dragon breaks kind of exists (laughs) um yeah but i like the fact that prior to the point of what i'm talking about which we'll get into there's groundwork
0: for it in the history of time for tamriel as well right right okay so let's skip to the third one um, because I think the second one may have uh, may butt up a little bit to uh, what you're going to talk about. Yeah. So, um, so then there's the brass god. The first activation of the Numidium, which we talked about recently by Tiber Septum at the town of Rimen and elsewhere, is said to have preceded a dragon break that heralded the Third Empire. So, remind you guys, the Numidium was the brass god tower. It was the construct by the Dwemer that um, is also. Uh, powered by the heart of Lorcan, all of that stuff having to do with, uh, the, the events of Morrowind and tied back into, um, (laughs) the, there's so much to go into here, (laughs) (laughs) but we've mentioned this on previous episodes. I won't go into all of it, but Septim ends up getting his hands on the Numidium. It's part of what he uses in order to conquer much of Tamriel. And, um, this is, uh, this so let me just continue this. It said to have preceded a dragon break that heralded the Third Empire. The second activation of the Numidium in the Iliac Bay region during the Third Era four seventeen brought about another dragon break. Sentinel Wayrest, Jaggerfall, Orsinium, and the Empire all gain control of the Totem of Tiber Septim somehow at the exact same time. This is one of those things that happens during Dragon Breaks where at the same time, multiple things can happen simultaneously, even though in the real world that isn't possible. You can't all possess the same item at the same time. It's it's not possible. Yeah, there's one of them not. Right. Yeah, but... (laughs) You got, go on. Yes. <laughs> which allowed them to control the power of the golem the golem being the numidium when this warp in the west quote ended the effect objectively seemed to last roughly two days the many other kingdoms of the iliac bay region were conquered Each remaining kingdom consolidated its newfound territory and swore swore fealty to the empire, bringing historically unusual harmony to northwestern Tamriel. So this warp in the west is also a name for this, this event. Because of the use of the Numidium um, has not once but twice been associated with a Dragon Break, it is speculated that some of the events surrounding the Battle of Red Mountain and the disappearance of the Dwemer around the First Era 700 may also be explained by a Dragon Break. Now, this is part of that speculation part, right? So, we we know the Warp in the West was a Dragon Break and that it can be described by these events here. But what about the Battle of Red Mountain, right? We've talked about that before.
2: Yeah. So... and actually, like it, even though I wasn't particularly big fan of the theory of like jumping uh, there was the, there was one of the theories where it was like the Dwemer kept kind of groundhog daying back in time <laughs> yeah it's it's why I as though even though it wasn't super my thing, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. It's why I also didn't actually want to give any of those no soul gems out of, out of 10 because it's like, well, dragon breaks give you a lot
0: of room to come up with some weird stuff. So, mm-hmm. so um, this purported dragon break, sometimes called the red moment, involved the battle which ultimately resorted in the disappearance of the Dwemer. The accounts of this battle often conflict with each other on various points, such as the lo- with the loyalists of the parties in the battle and the events which transpired at the climax of the battle, including how the Dwemer met their fate. So, was this actually a dragon break? Did it, have- it has to do with the new medium, it has to do with the the power that was potentially inherent in the heart of Lorcon. Those are two things that could be very, very potent and mortals were handling them. So you've got a few of the pieces of the puzzle that typically lead to potentially dragon breaks, or are these all accounts of something that historically happened a long time ago during the first era by sources that are unreliable, who all have a lot to gain or lose should their specific faction be seen in positive or negative light right so which right. one is it and so
2: before we move too much past this one because we skipped over the rubble butt uh um, oh, or rubble butt or, or rubble butte I, i'm not maybe it's butte. i want to call I, it I, but though. it might be butte but i either i i'm but, not I'm a linguist in but. this case yeah. I, i'm not sure we, I, I but hmm. i can have the uh on, i can have my little uh, voice reader thing read it <laughs> Ooh. Um, so in this situation uh as fragile shark here, here, actually gonna, mentioned here we're gonna read,
0: read selection here we go
2: okay perfect
0: rubble
3: butte oh
2: it says Butte. Okay. okay it is butte okay right. that oh, say but. i thought it might be but i, I wasn't call entirely it sure of that
3: <laughs> i'm gonna call it but anyway
2: all right rubble, rubble Butte it is um <laughs> so the um situation that I wanted to make reference to of why this concept kind of was brought in. Uh, Fragile Shark actually had mentioned it in in chat as well, where the end of Daggerfall had multiple endings to it. Yes. Um, And that was great in and of itself, but moving into needing to make another game or several more games, which uh, maybe at the time they weren't aware of how long this would go, uh, especially with a couple of oh, games. Probably not. Probably yeah, not at all. They're probably just hoping to get
0: a sequel at that.
2: Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you ran into this situation of, Oh, how do we choose where to go with this story without undermining the constant idea of well, you're directing this story. Mm -hmm. It's a little weird. I mean, it's not unheard of. Other games have done that, but they kind of created this concept of dragon breaks to make all endings Canon and simultaneously not Canon at the same time. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's yours. Oh, look, there's a whole bunch of things that, both happened and didn't happen, and all happened simultaneously, pretty right. much. Yeah. Um, which I, like I had mentioned, I like that. And it kind of dug them out of the situation for. Uh, Daggerfall going into the next can you know next mainline entry of Morrowind. There were some um, unique games in between that we won't go into, but um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that that was kind of their way to get themselves out of that situation. And as a result, it's now a neat way of kind of. I find I, I don't know if there's anything in literature that maybe uh, is is like this because some you know everything draws from something else i'm not i'm not totally sure if they they formed a dragon break off a different thing but at least from any storylines and fiction that i know i'm pretty sure well at least for me dragon breaks are very unique (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i I think they're uh for the most part unique I, i can't think of too many other stories i'm i'm aware of where time itself breaks and then you get multiple things happening simultaneously and being Mm -hmm. being just justified as like no that's fine it's okay like we're just it's yes there's inconsistencies and uh complications with that and that's what we want (laughs) like you know most authors try to solve that but in this case it's like no that is the truth is that yes things happen simultaneously like that's rare I think it's, yes. it's rare to just say, yes, the impossible happened, and there is these no. These are both, yes, these are both things,
2: yes. and also neither of these are things. And right, and that, <laughs> yes, like, that's
0: okay. Um, yeah. That's very rare. Well, tell you what, we're going to get into the rubble butte but in a second and, and lotus Beautiful. has lotus has a theory of his own that he's going to well it's, it's not just your theory but it's something yeah that's no no this is based around. on other
2: stuff that i just have now kind of adopted and i fought too
0: much on so yeah so we're gonna get into that in the second half but we need to go thank our patrons so we'll be right back
3: the skies are marked with numberless sparks each a fire and every one a sign
0: All right, so we need to thank our patrons. Thank you to our patrons and for uh, our stream people for their patience with my internet going out, Uh, especially Daniel O and (laughs) Noodle Al Dente. and uh thank you to all of our other patrons you guys are nuts uh thank you to all of you guys also for the positive response to the new merch that you can get on the patreon there's a bunch of a uh, bunch of awesome shirts i am doing daedric symbols on the shirts they're big daedric symbols with cool textures behind them if you sign up or are currently a tier four or higher patron you will get shirts for the patreon the prices did not change so you're just getting more for your for your donations, which is super cool. And if you are a tier three, you'll be getting stickers with those. So if you aren't at those tiers yet, you can upgrade and get those. And if you aren't a patron yet, you can still sign up in order to get those as well. Once we get through all of those... Uh, shirts and stickers for the year you get one every three months as long as you maintain your patreon subscription and once we get through all of those those will be limited and then you won't be able to get those designs again and they will never go up on the robots radio store They will only ever be for patrons and then we will have the next series of designs that will come out and eventually we'll get through all of the different um, Daedric prints. Symbols, so if you stick around long enough, you'll end up with a shirt with each of the daedric prince symbols on it Which is gonna be super super cool. So I'm very excited about these. I'm tempted to get myself one for each of them Um, (laughs) But uh, I'd have to order them all custom made for myself Whereas you guys just get them as a bonus for already being patrons or for signing up to the patreon Which is awesome because it's just extra and you don't have to pay anything more so awesome stuff for you guys also, um I don't talk about the store very often, but I created a new image. Lotus, did you see these new shirts I made? Did you see this? Oh, I yeah, I love some of them. Um, did you see the new? No, the uh, the one with the words. Did you see the words one? Yes, I did. Uh, I need to pull it up. Um, yeah, it was, it's in the Discord. It's in the Discord. I need to pull it. Yeah, that's the one screen. I know of. It's in the Discord with so. the words on it. So I made a lore shirt. This one says uh, where oh, there's so much stuff on here. I'm going to open it up. I'm yeah, the Discord it up tends on to be a tad busy. It's a little busy on our Discord. By the way, a if you haven't busy. been on our Discord, you should go on our Discord. So there's a Elder Scrolls Lore Master shirt that I'm pulling up right now, and. It's going to go on the screen. So it says, I'm a dragon slaying, daider worshiping, magicka, casting, Khajiit love, and skooma stealing, dark brotherhood creeping, Elder Scrolls lore master. And has a picture of a head with a scroll in, in its head instead of a brain. Mm-hmm. And um, this is on the uh, Robots Radio store, which you can get to if you just go to uh, robotsradio.net. There's a link at the top for that. And um, it's up on the store. Also, if you are one of our patrons, I believe at tier two, you even start getting discounts on the store, which all the discounts are pinned to the uh, patron channels in the discord. So if you don't know where those codes are for your discounts, they're all pinned there. So you can even get those. Um, but man, I love this. this. is Another one of those shirts I just want to walk around with. I want people to be like you're an Elder Scrolls lore master? (laughs) I was like, yes, "Yes, I am. But, man, I want people to be like, you're a Khajiit-loving, Skooma stealing, dark-blooded, creeping. Absolutely. As you're picking their pocket. Yeah, as I'm picking their pocket. So, um, anyway, I've had so much fun designing these recently. I hope you guys enjoy those. Um, But, yeah, just had to talk about all that stuff. But more than anything, thank you guys for helping to support the show, for leaving reviews and comments, and all the stuff that you guys do to help support us. We really do appreciate it. And if it wasn't for you listening to the show and being here and joining us live and doing all the things that you guys do we wouldn't be in the top one percent of podcasts globally again it's just amazing so thank you for all of your support you guys are absolutely the best we just we love all of you thank you so much
1: yes yes you're entirely brilliant conquering madness and all that blah blah
3: blah blah blah
0: all right so we're back so let's talk about the rubble but the but but but, but. but, but. Okay. I, I think for the sake of it
2: you know it may be pronounced butte, but you clearly want to pronounce it but so mm-hmm. i think it's just
0: now officially butte but mm-hmm. should we have um I'm, I'm gonna have my guest here read it this is beautiful this is my guest this is the scp bot kevin from the learn about scp foundation podcast which is on the network kevin uh is guesting on the show today he he does his own, his own podcast where he talks about the SCP Foundation. If you don't know what SCP Foundation is, it is a wonderful uh, organization that keeps us all safe from uh, anomalies, we'll call them. And if you want, want to learn more about that, then you can look up Learn About SCP Foundation. Kevin is a, an AI. He's a, he's a bot, and he's been leaking this knowledge from the secret source. And he's, uh, he's a good buddy of mine. And he works with these two guys, Stu and Larry, and he tells us about their uh, the things that go on at work. And at the beginning of each of the articles, he kind of gives us a little bit of background. And he also is lonely and wants to be your friend. So you should go look it up. It's absolutely uh, wonderful. And he's not clinging at all. So here's uh, here he is to read this part of the selection about the rubble butt.
3: Rubble Butte Edit, circuit 2E582. The Breton noblewoman Lady Edwidge stole a copy of the text Vindication for the Dragon Break from the Mages Guild in Halland's Stand. She managed to convince an Orc novice named Gargda to let her borrow the book, and then fled to the ruins of Rubble Butte, an ancient elite complex located near Nilata in southern Bankorai. She and her supporters sought to turn back time several years in order to change the course of history and ensure Edwidge became Queen of Bankorai rather than Artshela. Managed to emulate the ritual performed by the Mar-Karty selective and turned back time a few hours but ended up creating a time trap within the ruins by trying to extend the ritual further
0: I love I love how he pronounces some of the names in this uh,
2: he does it so effortlessly though it sounds very convincing that I just now think that
0: I'm pronouncing a lot of things much more wrong than I was yeah yeah okay here's the next paragraph let's see, let's see how he does it with this one.
3: Unbeknownst to the nobles, Gargda had tracked Edwidge down to Rubble Butte and had entered the ruins in search of the book to avoid being kicked out of the guild. However, he also became stuck in the time trap. The Vestige subsequently entered Rubble Butte and agreed to help Gargda recover the book from the nobles. The Vestige fought through the nobles before reaching Lady Edwidge and killing her, recovering the book in the process. However, Upon reading Edwidge's notes, it transpired that she had anticipated her death and was stuck reliving the same few hours over and over again. The Vestige returned the book to Gargda, but the cycle simply began anew, Gargda would repeatedly request the recovery of the book, and Edwidge and her supporters would repeatedly be slain in order to recover it. 10. The Vestige was not (laughs) caught in the time trap and was free to leave Rubble Butte, but the ultimate fate of those trapped inside is unknown. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he says 10, right. 10 is, oh no. stop, stop reading stop reading Kevin. we're good uh, he says 10 because that's the reference to the bottom
2: of the page yeah that, that was the reference number uh-huh. also um so interestingly so I did not know this this actually I, we, we I referenced it a little earlier but I was a little thrown off on how the Dwemer would just groundhog day themselves over and over again and never seem to like they progressed somewhat but it seemed kind of weird that well I mean it's I actually kind of forgot that this was a thing yeah. so yeah. you know that one should get some bonus soul gems retroactively maybe because uh th- this is something I I didn't realize so I think I was too stingy on the soul gems last episode Yeah I mean I guess there's
0: precedent or at least postcedent for for this well pre-posted it because we're in dragon breaks (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay yes and i guess this counts as a dragon break sort of i mean it's it's a it's almost like a micro fracture in time right it's a very very limited specific kind of dragon break it's it's like
2: yeah it it's almost like a anomaly in just one specific area
0: which is getting even weirder <laughs> yeah but it's it's like a um, heck um death loop just came out this is like death loop happening in like one little quest line <laughs> this is like a glitch in a game where you feel like you finished the side quest but the side quest keeps popping up again Well, it is a Bethesda game, so it's a feature. It's a feature. Yeah, but that's kind of what this is. But but it it plays into this idea of somebody like dealing with powers beyond their their knowledge or ability, kind of throwing themselves into this. uh, It's in this sense, it it's more like a time loop than. A break, a br- Yeah, that's that's true. It's yeah, it's very
2: strange. Uh, I kind of forgot about this little part of the quest. Mm-hmm. But um, the other
0: the other thing here, because I don't know, there's too much else to say about this, but it does happen in the second era, five eighty two, which connects to your the theory that you're going to be sharing. Mm-hmm. So to say that something like this on a very small scale is in effect during this time period may have a larger implication to the theory that you're sharing which why don't you go ahead and share that
2: all right so the theory that i'm sharing i tried to find exactly because you know I, i've been playing eso for a long time and I, people were in it before even i was i played the beta but i actually did not like eso when it was in beta or even when it first launched <laughs> it was not my thing uh, and I figured maybe if the game stabilizes I'll jump into it and just do the story and then surprise seven years later I'm like super into the game but um <laughs> right <laughs> from the beginning the Elder Scrolls online is a prequel to the rest of the series um so you're actually before the start of the previous ones and it deals with the time period of the interregnum which, One of the things about this is when time wasn't really recorded that much. Uh, A lot of the documents were burned because of the whole chaos with the Imperial city happening at the time. And it was kind of unique for the Elder Scrolls Online to choose this time period and kind of retroactively fill in this chunk of history that was even more, undefined than the undefined parts of the series. The series is up for interpretation a lot. And this is a point where recorded history kind of got thrown in the dumpster. So it was like, yeah, they had a lot to work with without necessarily nuking too much going forward. And to better or worse, people e- either refuse to accept that Elder Scrolls online is a thing because, because either they don't want a multiplayer game or whatever. Um, but one of the fascinating points that I remember chatting with i'm pretty sure it was on the forums but i had i could not find the original post that i was involved with um so this was just kind of the i'm gonna just credit the forums in general who told me about this and then just me ruminating on it and just kind of coming to what i like to believe when it relates to elder scrolls online is the idea of we were mentioning that overusing the concept of a dragon break isn't the greatest writing like if you're going to just Well, Dragon Break, that's kind of like not the best way of digging yourself out of writer's block. However, the concept of Elder Scrolls Online and the entirety of the Interregnum being a Dragon Break explains the concept of multiplayer itself and repeating different events in-game, like doing dungeons more than once and having bosses be there to a degree that I've never seen a series go in a direction that normally you have to make um how can i put this you have to make concessions for the fact that games are held by their own trappings of it is a video game like right. you right
0: well why am I it's just, just a video game so ignore that part but the right, rest of right. the story is legitimate
2: Yeah. Quote unquote video game logic, because, you you know, you have to have a fun experience if people are going to play it. The thing that I love about the idea of maybe Elder Scrolls Online being a Dragon Break is the amount of things that are currently happening are pretty off the wall in the time period that it's happening. You also have. Uh, Well, with the most recent uh, announcement of they've cleared 19 million uh, accounts created. Well, yeah. So (laughs) there are 19 million vestiges currently going around. Right. So the neat thing about that is theoretically everyone's story could be a single thread in this dragon break. And it's why you come across other adventures, but not others. Why you could repeat events, not others. And it essentially canonizes your character without needing to acknowledge your character later on. So having a prequel that you're so important in as the vestige and these things happening and one of the big holds up hold-ups at one point was during the Elsewhere event. People were like, Why don't people remember dragons? If that was a big thing. And there was some misremembering that dragons actually were never said to be extinct in the series. They had gone into hiding largely. And people mistook that as well, dragons were all dead it, until Sky Well, that's not true, but it ex- it is kind of weird that for the most part, dragons Popped up and kind of ran amok for a while. That seems like something most people might remember. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Same thing with there's not really any reference. Well, there's no references later in the series to the Soul Burst, which is the main storyline of the game. Yeah. But that would be these dark anchors that are landing. All of this could kind of basically be a thing, but also not be a thing at the same time when you've got these dragon break ideas. So I love the idea that the concept of a dragon break makes the multiplayer aspect. We're essentially playing out all these different threads because none of us play it the same way. Some of us interact with each other. Some of us don't. The other thing that I, you know, finally just personally always thought was neat was One thing that is referenced later in the series is the fact that as um, the longhouse emperors are deposed, but before any type of semblance actually came about where we had like a a more centralized uh, empire, There was mention of, you know, the turmoil over while people are just basically being kings of their own thing. And then they're just immediately eliminated and stuff like that. That is Cyrodiil. That is literally the PvP zone of the game. Uh Like, that is the explanation of what's happening. So it's kind of neat that you get crowned emperor, but it's in a campaign. And then that campaign can be destroyed and you're, you're... Outdone because somebody else scored more points than you on the leaderboard, because that's how the emperorship works in, right. in right. ESO. If you're first place in the Imperial Ring gets taken, you you get to be crowned emperor. But it would explain there being so much influx in emperors. Granted, this is like at this point the game's been going for seven years. There's a lot of emperors and empresses, but just the fact that they kind of were it, like, if if this were a thing, it gamifies. <laughs> the unique writing around dragon breaks so essentially the split timelines become the game at the same time which i just love from that perspective because so much of it you usually would have to be like well it's just a game you gotta you just gotta you just get it's just a game mechanic where the game mechanic becomes also part of the story which is kind of neat and and different than you'd normally ever deal with uh with a video game story
0: yeah yeah it's um it so the other cool thing that it it allows is a story that becomes and and they haven't really leaned into this too much because most of the expansions allow for the player to be the to kind of save the day yeah yeah you're, you're 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 usually the hero usually the expansions And with, yay, you saved the day, the good guys won, but there's this looming threat. Yay, you saved the day, the good guys won. Oh, but there's another looming threat, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but if they really wanted to bring this to some sort of really catastrophic ending and really raise the stakes at some point, they could, which could be a a lot of fun for an MMO because an MMO, like, and (laughs) it, this game isn't going to last forever. There will come nope. a point where the game will be aged to a, to a place where it's just going to have to wrap up and they're going to want to move on to something else. And you know, it'll be sad. There, there'll be a moment where, you know, tears, tears will, will be shed, <laughs> but there will come, come a moment where who knows, maybe they'll want to do ESO two, or maybe they'll want to move us into whatever is the next cool, big, massive multiplayer thing that it functions in a different way whoever whatever that is I I can't you know look forward who knows five ten years from now whatever and hopefully it lasts at least the next five years but let's say 10 15 years from now whenever that is yeah I was gonna say and trends trends seem
2: to dictate that this game will be going for a while but it'll go for a while eventually Eventually. this has to end
0: everything eventually has to end right but we're going to want more we're going to want more Elder Scrolls in a massive world where we can all play together we're going to want whatever the next iteration of this is right in order to get that there has to be some sort of cataclysm. I would think some sort of world rendering ending to it all. And, and what's cool about that is that you could build that and then bring in the dragon break ending that makes it all that makes it all. Okay. Yeah. You could have a world that is basically torn asunder and You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it ends where it all starts with Molag balls invasion coming full circle and actually working. And then there's the end of the dragon break, which, which finally wraps up and then everything's back where it was, where it started. And then
2: leads you into recorded history. Right. And and all of a sudden we're back in recorded
0: history, back in concrete recorded history. And so, and a lot of the stuff that happened isn't remembered, or is remembered only by the few or the wise, or something like that. And the things that the world learned through through the Dragon Break are are you know hidden away in archives yeah. or you know or whatever. I don't know. There's there's things yeah. that you could play with for that. That's the, and that's the beauty of Dragon Breaks is that it, exactly you could turn it into whatever you want, and it could be very cool in the end. Uh, yeah, the, the potential
2: for, and, and that's why I think I, I enjoy the stories of Elder Scrolls Online so much, because there is so much potential of how stuff ties into the rest of the series. And some of them, you know, I, I like the different camp uh, uh, chapters and seasons and all other methods that they had. Chad, their their chapter season thing is really kind of working for them. So that's, the, you know, the most relevant. Um I like them to varying degrees. I I don't I haven't ever disliked one yet, but some of them I obviously like more, some of my I, I, I like less than others. But like it's neat that they kind of are exploring all these different things in this kind of compressed time period. So just having the potential for them to tie all this in and have all these dramatic things, but it explain. you know, later on it could explain why not all of these things are remembered so dramatically or so much the same. Like, is there a reason dealing with the current Blackwood story? Is there a reason that people don't remember as much about this attempted um, Daedric portal invasion, mm. as opposed to it gets upgraded to like oblivion gates later on they didn't they didn't learn is there a reason that more wasn't learned like yeah there's just so many different things that you could glean from this i just think it's really neat and makes the game feel more impactful to the series as a whole rather than here's a multiplayer thing here just so you can play with your friends which it very well could be that too but the Idea of dragon breaks makes it feel like it doesn't have to be that if you don't want that to be how it is. Right,
0: right, yeah. So I, I think it's a cool idea. I'd love to hear what some of our listeners think. So, like we mentioned b- b- before, uh, the robots radio Discord channel. Um, it's it's a busy, active group, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, you know, if you think that this works as a description, if you think it's a cop out, I'd also love to hear that explanation too. Which has you know? been a thing that.
2: Uh, Other people have said, or why they refuse to kind of like acknowledge ESO as as like a canon game. They're just like, no, this is just a multiplayer cash in or whatever. That's totally fine too. Like, do 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 you think that's the reason for it, or do you like it being part of the series? It's kind of just up to you what you think.
0: Yeah, I I think any good any explanation that has a a good reasoning and, and is well thought out is a welcome. Addition to the conversation. I don't know that we're ever going to get to the right answer because these things don't have a right answer They just have interesting perspectives from both sides and I think that that's what adds to the conversation It's fun to it's fun to see both and it's fun to kind of just weigh the options, you know Uh, Fragile shark in chat says seems reasonable to think they'll at least heat check the idea And you don't have to work too hard to argue It makes more sense than either of their existing and financially successful MMOs So (laughs) yeah Uh, to be fair uh, yes (laughs) there you go um john taylor in uh on the youtube uh version of the stream says i'd love to see something where daedra get into a a daedic war between them with the pro tag being what tips the scales even like a molek ball in meridia fight maybe you side with one or something else that would be really cool yeah there's a little bit of that happening in the uh the um somerset expansion a little bit yeah. of some of that goes down uh which is cool so if you haven't played that get into that it's pretty cool um so yeah cool stuff guys thank you for chiming in thank you for being here during the live stream i'd love to have yeah, love definitely. to see all the conversation happening and um to do you have anything else to share before we head out um no not too much
2: um Yeah, just I'm starting to hopefully next show I can actually start uh, letting people know when I will have our Extra Life Charity Marathon prepped. Yeah, Uh, I'm trying to finalize like a date for that. It's the time of year again. Yeah, it is that time of year again. (laughs) Trying to squeeze it in along with everything else right now is Mm -hmm. like, okay. I need a point where I can have at least 24 hours of free time to do that. And then generally at least a day to recover. Cause oh man, that, that hits kind
0: of like a truck. So stream, man, I don't know how you do it,
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll have more information for everybody for next week. Um, and otherwise I'd just say, look for tales of Tamriel on Saturday night. Uh, we've had some scheduling issues with Ark actually starting his new job. So hopefully we can oh. get back on track for that too. Yeah. He's gone back to programming games okay well good good for him i didn't know he he, he went back to that he just started it's literally just started but he's been like in flux Uh so we had that really awkward um i got back from a wedding and was (laughs) not totally in a responsible mind to record an episode but i didn't want (laughs) to skip an episode so yeah that was that That just, I don't even think that ended up being a numbered episode. It just became the Elder uh, Tales of Tamriel drunk cast. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, I was going to say, other than that, uh, no, nothing too exciting for me. Hopefully I can stream again soon. I've been trying to figure out my Sunday schedule. Now that football's back, it's a little hard for me to micromanage something. If if possible, I'd like to start doing like a chill stream where we watch football and also get to
0: uh, play i don't know elder scrolls or something dude you gotta try death loop death loop's been a lot of fun
2: i haven't i know and i have not tried death yet and that's like 90 percent of
0: my twitter feed right now is being like i love this game <laughs> it's so good it's so good um i <laughs> so i started playing last night yeah i streamed a bit last night i streamed a little bit during today i've been working so hard on updating stuff for podcasts and for the network and stuff and, um, I've just, I've been, I, I should be proud. I've been kicking butt. I've been, I've been working really hard. I haven't taken a day off in like two weeks. So I've been, I've been really kicking butt, but last night I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to play some death loop. I streamed a little bit. Thank you to any of you guys who are in the chat right now who jumped in and, and hung and hung out with me. It was, it was nice to have you guys come hang out. And then also during the day, thank you for being here. Um, the game is so good. So just some initial impressions. We won't go too long in this i thought the game was uh i thought so from the material you watch like it's got such a cool like 70s vibe you know and uh, if you haven't seen the trailers if you don't know what death loop is go look it up colt is the main character and he's got like this cool jacket like he's this cool looking guy and this is game where you like you're, you're killing all these people trying to take out these key figures in order to stop the cycle from continuing where you keep on coming back after you die and I thought he was, like, this badass character. Dude, dude's a total goof. Like, he's just... He's a goofball, and everybody else thinks he's a total goof, too. Like, I i didn't... Like, I didn't pick up on that at all. I watched an interview where, like, the voice actors did stuff. The voice acting is phenomenal, by the way. Um, The game is just super polished. But, like, the more I play, the more I just absolutely love the characters. Uh, Colt and Juliana and they're like there there's a moment where she's like ragging on him early on they're on like this intercom and he's like we dated didn't we (laughs) because he he doesn't remember anything and then she yells at him again and he he goes yeah yeah we dated (laughs) like (laughs) like it's it's a total goofball but it's like you think he's like a cool guy because he looks all cool he's got a cool jacket no total dork like it's so good it's so so good um but anyway like the characters, the, the gameplay, it's just so polished. I don't want to give too much away. It's every little thing, you know, you know when you play a game and there's just these little little bitty things that just kind of are annoyances. For example, this is a quick example, like, oh, that keypad that for that door that I have to keep opening. I remember the, the the code because it was on the back of the first thing that I got it was 3230 and I can just picture it in my head because I remember looking at it and I saw it and I had to type it in the first time 3230 right easy to remember I could easily and I have to open it up all the time I could very easily just go up to that keypad again hit 3230 open it up well you know what the game does once you open it up the first time it gives you an option for auto type keypad And you just hold down that button and just auto-types it again. Yeah, little, little itty-bitty things like that that just make the game so much smoother to play. And you don't have to just remember... And it doesn't show you the number, and you have to type it again. It just allows you to push a button to auto-type it. And it's just like, thank you, game. See, game mechanic that's
2: prioritizing fun over needing to be realistic, which I
0: prefer. Right. Or if you read something... And part of the game is learning about people's schedules, where they are, what the history of the island is, who these people are, where they're going to be. Whenever you learn something, you pick up like a book or listen to an audio thing and learn something about somebody. If it's important, it puts a little notification on your info thing that you can go back later and look. And it tells you like, ah, you learned that so-and-so throws parties in the morning on this part of the island. You might want to go check that out. Sweet. Now I don't have to remember that thing that I read. It just tells me, maybe you should go to this part of the island in the morning. You might learn more stuff there. So do you yeah, I scheduled to go to that part of the island in the morning. Easy peasy. Like, but you still have to be smart about figuring out like, why would I want to be there in the morning? Who's going to be there in the morning? How does that coincide with all the other things I need to balance out? It's so like it because it's complex in other ways, it makes some of the the parts the 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 other things that need to be, complex um it makes the things that don't need to be complex easier so it can be complex in the ways that are interesting if that makes sense that's pretty cool no no i totally get what you mean so it's not it's not complex unnecessarily it's complex in the ways that are interesting like a good mystery movie or book so you can focus on the things that are interesting about the mystery mystery not the you know like tying your shoes part <laughs> you know like that's what that's what makes it so good but anyway, that's just my... my So good job, Bethesda. Good job, Arcane Studios. You guys are kicking butt. Keep it up. This is awesome. So whew, anyway, that's my that's my perception. That's what I've been playing lately. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Thanks to you for being here. Thank you for listening to this podcast and being part of this community. We love all of you. You guys are the best. Um, we'll be back next week. Same time, same channel. If you want to check out anything else that we're doing as part of the network, we've got a bunch of... I've got a bunch of lore podcasts, everything from Elder Scrolls, here to Fallout and Cyberpunk and Mass Effect and The Witcher and of course there's lots of other stuff over at robotsradio.net so go check out all the different shows. We'll be back next week. Thanks for being here everybody. Stay safe and we'll see you next time. See you guys later. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESOLorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon.
2: You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast.
0: Smart shows for interesting people. Check
1: out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer! No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far?
4: Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does
1: it mean? to have a voice.
4: And there's gonna be something big coming, Chumba.
1: Hey,
2: If you're listening, I won, I beat you.
1: You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones. And- <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words. He's gonna grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch Movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Yes. Oh, we've all got the crinks going. I love it so right, much. Right, there. Screechy child. Roll to cast. R O L E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. <laughs> Interviews with the creators. And delightful
2: Aussie accents. Listen
4: to us on all good podcatchers. You can
2: support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll
1: to cast. R O L
4: E. Come discover a new world. Hey, all you wannabe raiders out there! It's your bestest girl, Rose, coming at you from top of the world. Now, it's time for your local traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, cause they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser, Modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever. So if all you squares wanting to hear more, totally sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast. The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Until later, this is Rose. Raiders rule!